Well, good morning again. I know that we have heard that verse, but I'm going to, as I am apt to do, read it again. Just that 34th line. I give you a new commandment. And as my husband said this morning, notice that it's a commandment and not a suggestion. Amen? Amen. (laughs) Jesus ain't suggesting. Okay. I give you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also should love one another by this. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Friends, I would take the liberty to add another scripture, as I am with Brother Hilton, as I'm apt to do, amen? (laughs) And this one is from the epistle of John, 1 John, chapter 4, verse 7, and I'm going to read it all, 7 to 21, it won't take me long, and, and I trust that you will find this scripture, many of us will find this familiar. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed God's love among us. God sent God's only son, one and only son into the world, that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent God's son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and God's love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in God and God in us. God has given us God's spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister, whom they have seen, cannot love God, whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. And notice again, it ain't a suggestion. Anyone who loves God must also 
love his brother and sister. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God, and our response is... Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh, gracious and all wise God, holy God, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks to God for those who chose to come here in this Bethel place. We thank you for them. We thank you for those who are watching on the line. And oh God, we pray a special prayer for those who will watch us on delay. We pray for those who might come across this message, oh God, and that you might, you might go there. You might be present with them. Lord God, through this medium, through our presence here together, may, oh God, we feel your presence mightily. We ask that you send the Spirit so that I might preach and your people might hear and that we all might go out into the world and live the word so that your name might be praised, your son might be glorified, and your kingdom on earth, this kingdom of love and light, might be extended. This we pray in, this, pray in the sweet name of your Son and our Savior. And his name is marvelous to our ears. His name is Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. amen and amen. I'm having to use these more and more, even on my iPad. Amen. amen. <laughs> well, as a thought for this day, friends, I offer a witness to love. A witness to love. I don't know about you, but I have been a witness to love. Not the kind of love that is overly sentimental and sappy, you know, that, that love you find in a Hallmark greeting card or on the Hallmark or Lifetime TV channel, but the kind of love that can only come from a community of faith deeply rooted in the love of Jesus Christ and totally committed to sharing that love with others. I have been a witness to a love that lifts you up when you're downcast, a love that prays for you when you cannot pray for yourself, a love that when you are at your worst, reminds and shows you that you are still a child of God. I've been a witness to that kind of love among the people of God that, that points you to a more excellent way, and I want to believe that you have as well. This agape love, a love that is unearned and undeserved, the, the love that God has for us in Christ Jesus. That kind of love is what we can and are supposed to offer to the world. It's not a suggestion. We are to be a witness to the love of God, not just with our words, no, no, but with our deeds, with how we live our lives every single day. Every week, every month, every year, with every person we meet. Not just with those people who love us. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that we in the church who say that we know the love of God in our own lives. I'm not saying that we love perfectly, for we do not. And, but, but here's the thing is, often we choose not. Because so often there is as much anger and animosity, mistrust and meanness, hatred and hurt in the church as there is in the world. And yet Jesus said that love, not the size of our building, 
but love, not the number of members who are on the roll, not the people who used to be here or who left here, not the songs that we sing or the sermons that we preach or the long list of ministries that everybody thinks we're supposed to have. Oh, no, but love, love will be the hallmark of the church. Love will be the hallmark of what it means to be a Christian, and love will be the hallmark of what it means to be a disciple, to be known as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Love, love is supposed to be the hallmark of, of the church, of who we are. Love will show the world that we are his disciples. Love will be the more excellent way that we would share and show to the world. And that's what will lead people to Christ. We think we need a gimmick. No, we need love. We think we need money. No, we need love. We think we need more people. We just need more love. So when we don't love one another, when we tear one another down, when we talk about one another rather to one another, when we are overly critical and always finding fault, it affects our witness to the world and to each other about the power and presence of Christ in our lives and in the life of the church. It says that there is more of us in us than there's Christ in us. Amen. People think to be a witness for Christ that you got to stand on the corner and hand out tracts. Well, that's okay. You can do that. Some people think that, that to be a witness, you got to go knocking on doors. Well, you can do that, and I have done that. Amen. And I like it, okay? <laughs> Some people think to be a witness is you got to stand on a street corner and, and preach, or that you need to know the Bible back and front and up and down and can quote every verse in there. All you need is love. Think back over last week. Surely there was someone or, or sometime you found it difficult to love. A time when you found it a challenge to forgive and a struggle to release some disappointment. Think over the last week or, or month, did you harbor hate, anger, revenge, resentment, or unforgiveness in your heart toward a fellow believer? Or another child of God? What did you say when that person cut you off in traffic? Hmm? Were you quick to text something angrily? Did you send a hot email and click send? If we tell the truth, we struggle to love one another. And so we are challenged by Christ's command to love others. And, and, and that, he says a new commandment. That part's not new. I mean, if you look at the Old Testament, if you look, the love is, is not new. But that's not what just Jesus says. The new part that he adds on is, as I have loved you. Well, I, oh, yeah, oh, Jesus. Right? As I have loved you. Come on. Doesn't that seem like a tall order? Doesn't that almost seem like an impossible feat? And yet he calls us, he commands us, not suggests, that we love one another. 
to give to one another to the world the same love that Jesus has shown and given to us. That's the same kind of love that we're supposed to give to others. My goodness. We are not called to be nice. And I forgot it. I meant to bring it up the hall. I was going to bring my strong, exhaustive concordance and put it up here and say that it ain't in the Bible. God ain't calling us to be nice. Too many of us are nice, nasty. You know what I'm talking about? We're not called to put up with each other or to tolerate one another, but to love after the manner of Christ. To love as Christ loved us. And he has told us and he has shown us what this love looks like, what this love from God does. How does it say in Corinthians? It bears all things. Don't tell me you can't bear it. Think about what God bears from us. It believes all things. I'm going, I'm supposed to believe the best about you. I shouldn't be thinking about, you know, you know. Oh, she'll never change. What, what is that to speak over somebody? You changed, maybe, kind of, a little bit. Believes all things. Love never fails. Love just don't fail, y'all. Good love don't fail. This love is sacrificial. Yeah, you got to sacrifice your time. I'm, t- if I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm sending out a warning shot coming up for this summer. Don't you dare tell me you ain't got time. If I call and ask you to do something, well, that's not a good time for me. Excuse me, whose time? Who gave you that time? Y'all can say amen. Yeah, you with the mask on. Amen. Nod your head, say, yeah, Pastor, I don't like what you said, but that show is the truth. You don't have time. This is not a good time for me right now. Excuse me? I don't think people hear what they say, okay? Their heart and their ears and their mouth. There's a little thing going, something is in conflict with one another, with their soul. This love is sacrificial, sacrifices time resources, even emotions. I know that sometimes your body, your spirit wants to say, some of you, want to, you want to get angry, but the love in you ought to say, hold your peace. God sacrifice. This love shares. Look what Jesus did. He shared. He gave deeply of himself. Shared with others. He sat at the table with them sinners and people talked about it. But he knew what he was doing. He was loving on God's people. This love serves others. How are you going to say you love God and you're not serving the kingdom of God? You're not serving others. But yet we convince ourselves because we're a member. Uh Uh-uh. We call ourselves Christians don't mean that we're necessarily disciples. Jesus offers this command to his disciples after he has washed their feet and after Judas has left to put the betrayal machine in motion. He knows. So we know what this love looks like. We know what this love does. It persists 
because Jesus knows that Peter's going to deny him. He knows that Judas is going to betray him with a kiss, and he still loves them. He doesn't give up on them. And the truth be told, God has never given up on us. Now, how you, if God doesn't give up on us, how are we going to talk about we're going to give up on somebody? Well, I'm just going to let them hit bottom. Who are you to let somebody hit something? We see what this love looks like because they all scattered because of him. But he loved them through it all. Through it all. Even when we betray, even when we deny and desert our call and our commitment to Christ, we are still loved. God doesn't stop loving us. God doesn't even stop blessing us. God doesn't stop keeping us. God doesn't stop preparing a way for us. God just keeps on. Believing that that love, that witness, will turn us around. In the, in the epistle, we, it ought to make a difference in our lives, don't you think? In the epistle, we are called to love one another based on the fact, the, the, the truth that God is love. Okay, now, that, that's the, the, the epistle, the writer says, look, this is simple. If God is love and we're children of God, then we're supposed to love too. If we say we love God, but not our brother and sister who we see all the time, but we don't love them, then we, how are we going to love God? I, this is just common sense, isn't it? Amen. God is love. That God in love sent Christ. That God in love sent the Spirit. Therefore, we must love if we love God. We should love one another. And then he says that if we know God, if you really know God, Amen. If we know and believe that we belong to God, then we got to love. <laughs> There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You can't say you love God and hate somebody. You just can't. And I need you to know. That's hard. Because <laughs> I want to say, God, did you see what they did? I do. I want to say, I'm, and God is like, well, I'm God. You don't think I see what you did? <laughs> For years, some of you know, I did research in, in South Africa. I lived in South Africa, and I lived there during apartheid, okay? And uh, I still have a little post-traumatic stress <laughs> from some of that. And I remember asking the women of the women's division, because you see, I was doing research among the women's organizations and among, in the Methodist Episcopal Church there, and they had a white women's group. They had a colored women's group mixed race. They had an African group. And never shall the two, the three meet, okay? And then there was a group of women of, of colored Indian. There was a little bit of everybody in this group. And that group with um, Enid Faree and some of the other women, I knew Enid the, the best. I asked them one time, why do you do it? Because they kept trying to get the others to come. They kept trying. I mean, this is Seemed like y'all get tired of this. And I asked, I said, well, why do you keep doing this? Why do you keep trying to bring them together? Why? And they said, because we love them. 
As hard as it was, as hard as that they knew that those white women supported a government that killed their children, that jailed their friends, and jailed some of them. That's love right there. It really is, cause and I, I, I was, I was, I was, I wasn't even in the faith so much. I said, I'm like, hmm, man, sure. <laughs> but what a witness to me to know God is to know what love is. If you know God, is to know that God is love. To know what love is, how it blesses and heals, how it is compassionate, and how love creates community. It just pulls people together because people are attracted to loving relationships. Who doesn't want to be loved? And this is what we are called to witness. This is what we're called to show. And that's what witness means, to show to the world and to one another. To know that God is love is to know that God is the source of love and that God will always call on us to love. If you don't want love, people, you don't need to be no Christian. Stop. I don't care how much money you give. I don't care how many positions you serve, have. If you ain't got love, you ain't doing it right. But we, we do not have to love one another in and of our own selves. That's the key. By our own power, this, you know, this kind of love is not natural. To love your enemies is not natural. What do you want to do? You want to get back that an enemy. You're almost as if Jesus doesn't understand the definition of an enemy. That's somebody opposed to you, right? That's not natural. It's supernatural. It's got to come from God. The love that we have to give flows out of our communion with God, not, a, not out of our heads, not out of duty, not out of obligation, but out of hearts filled with the love of God and Jesus Christ. And you have to abide. We've got to hang out. John Wesley said you have to stay in love with God. To not do harm, to do good, to love others, you've got to stay in love with God. You've got to abide. We are to pour out onto others what has been poured into us. And if you are dry and empty, you ain't got nothing to pour in anybody. You're going to pour out you, amen? And convince yourself that it's God. Uh-uh. Jesus said, abide in me, and I in you. When we live in this love, when we abide in his love, when we grow in grace and understanding, then we can, when called upon to fulfill the highest form of love, which is agape. We can love one another as Christ has loved us, perhaps not perfectly, but powerfully. Think of those who have loved you. When you were whatever and you did whatever and you think, you remember how they just kept on loving you. And you didn't understand sometimes why they still loved you when you sometimes didn't love yourself, but they, they just kept on loving you, believing in you, pouring into you, seeking after you. 
With God's love, we can build one another up. We can love people through it all. We can love people through addiction. We can love people through the domestic abuse. We can love people through it. We can love people even through their rudeness. We can love people through their little slights, through their stubbornness, and even through their sin. We can love people through their pain. We can love people through their despair. We can love people through their greatest disappointment. We can love one another as Christ has loved us. And this is a powerful witness to the world. This is a powerful witness to one another. We have not only witnessed this love in our own lives, but this is to be our witness to the world. We're supposed to witness to a world where there are many people who y'all who don't recognize, who don't know they're loved by God. They didn't have an Aunt Louise. They didn't, they didn't have a, a mama, maybe, to love on them and to take them places. They didn't have a grandmama who said, I'm, go, I'm with you and God going to give me everything I need to love on you. They, you know, the people that, who don't know that they're beloved of God, and Christ sends us to continue to embody his message, to take the message of God into the world, that God so loved the world, that God sent God's only son not to condemn the world, that 17th verse, but through him the world might be saved, that God just loves you while you were yet sinners, while you did whatever you wanted, God is still loving on you. That is what we're called to do, to take that message to the world. Because we have witnessed it. We have experienced it in our own lives. Because through God's provenient grace, God was putting people in our lives. I never could understand it about my Aunt Louise. It's like, who's going to love me like that? And she told me, well, well God is. Because the only way I can do it is because of God. And you want to get to know that God, right? Because if her love was just a fraction, just a little teeny bit of God's love. Oh, man. You mean I get to live loved no matter what? There are people who don't know that. We are to be bearers of the message that God is for you, that God's not against you. I don't care what you did. I don't care if grandma told you you never amount to anything. I'm here to tell you that God is with you, that God cares for you, and yes, no matter what you've done, that God loves you. I have a colleague from seminary who works with um, um, sex workers in Memphis who think, now nah, I've done too much for God to love me. She gets to tell them again and again and again, because see, y'all, we leak. They've got so many cracks and so many holes that they just keep pouring it into them, believing that one day the leaks will stop and they'll be able to hold on to the truth that they are loved. When we do that, when we carry that message, when we embody that message, the world has changed. 
I want you to think about the time recently that you chose to love, you just chose to love them, okay? You chose to love somebody when you didn't feel like it, but you chose to, to not repay evil for evil. You chose to pray and not curse. I want you to remember the time that you chose to respect and not to go after revenge. The time you showed your heart and not your hand. The time when you were a witness to the love of God. Henry Nouwen, that great theologian, says, if we wait for that loving feeling, amen? When we wait for that loving feeling before loving, we may never learn to love well. That's what we do here in the church. We learn to love well. Mostly we know the loving thing to do. We do. And when we do love, even if others are not able to respond in love, to respond to that love, we will discover that our feelings will catch up to our actions. Your feeling will catch up. We may not love perfectly, but we can love one another powerfully as God's love becomes the essence, the very essence of who we are. Our defining character, God's love becomes what we do, how we do it, how we live. And if we love as Christ did, that love is strong. That love is enduring. That love is faithful. That love is not easily shaken or deterred. And not even death can destroy that love. And when others see it, when others see us loving like that, they will rejoice in it. When others see loving like that, I'm telling you, y'all, they will be changed by it. They will believe that the impossible is possible. Amen? Amen and amen.